Okay, it's nearly half past eight. We should probably start. <clears throat> I'm just going to mute myself because I'm going to do something disgusting. I'm back. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you didn't want to hear that really. It was gross. I've had a cold. Yeah, so you'll have to share in, in your, when you share your cup, more about what you've been up to these past weeks. Too. Yeah, okay. I don't know if I want to, but let's do it. <laughs> Here we go. Did you want to introduce or shall I, my darling? I'll give it a try. Yeah, go on. <laughs> Welcome to the Bulgarian and Beyond podcast. This is the podcast where we go chapter by chapter through the Bulgariad series. And this week we are on, correct me if I'm wrong, chapter 19? Correct. Awesome. And my name is Alicia Seymour. Welcome to the show, everyone. Hey, welcome, everyone. I'm Sandra from the Goddess Kindled Universe. <sighs> and... Then, been a long time Sandra I know I've missed you yeah me too me too I really wanted to record last week and I was so bummed and I was like I'm not gonna be able to I mean I know it's really selfish of me it's really really selfish of me because you were in pain and headaches and no fun at all and I I love you and, and I'm glad that you rested and you took all of that time but I missed you <laughs> yeah I know it was, it was really hard to not have that interaction because I don't have that much interaction otherwise. I mean, I have two friends here and I did see them, but it's, they don't nerd out over stuff like this. So, I mean, <laughs> we, I, you and I get together with, this is one of a kind kind of conversation right here. <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. So I'm glad to be back doing this again. Excellent. But I've done enough talking before recording, so how about you start? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, th- well nobody cup. knows that. Only I know that. That was when... Okay, I'll... I, I know, I know. Can you tell I don't want to talk sure. about my week? I don't want to talk. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Share, share what you want to. Okay, into Polgar's cup. So, my potion this week... I'll read it from the spreadsheet because I might chicken out otherwise. My potion this week is too sweet. It's obligation mixed with love. And it just feels like someone started pouring sugar into my coffee when I only have black coffee anyway and just kept pouring and pouring and pouring and pouring until it was so sickly sweet it was syrup and I couldn't drink it anymore. And... I feel really ungrateful <laughs> because I know that this person giving me the sugar is just like loving me and telling me amazing, you know, thinking wonderful things and, and being encouraging and supportive and, you know, loving all the things that I do and, and, and put out there into the world. And I'm, and so what are, some examples of this too much love is that what it is well 
I mean, you know, it all goes on in my own head. It's all of this carry on. This is just me trying to process something and making lots of assumptions about how people might react or could react. And But the thing is, um, I've been really excited about being involved in a particular project. And all of a sudden, the universe has on several different occasions been screaming at me to stop, 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 stop. This is not for you anymore. Off you go. This is as far as you were supposed to come. Pay attention. And I'm getting all of these signals and all of, and it's not even the subtle, like the messages are not subtle. Mm -hmm. I can't wait for Prophecy Speaks later. We'll see how that goes. But these messages that I'm getting are not subtle. They are very, very, very clear, plain language, stop. It's time to stop. And I don't want to. I'm resisting big time because I feel obliged. I have this sense of obligation Is this something like work-related that you... Yeah, yeah, it is work-related, but it's because it's not just work. If it was just work-related, no problem. I would have no problem and going, you know, this is business, there we go. But it's not. It's got all of this love and affection tied up inside this work. And, and I don't want to just cut and run because that feels like I would be abandoning people that I really care about and a project that is so worthwhile. And so I'm in this place of coming to terms with the fact that I won't be continuing the way that I thought I would be, Mm -hmm. but how can I continue to support this space? And what just, what does that, you know, just what does that look like now? Have you been able to talk to them about it yet? No. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to lighten a lot for you once you get that off your chest. Yeah. And I know that. And I know that this is all all about me and my, my unwillingness to do what is true for me. I'm trying to protect the world again from my actions. You know, instead of trust trusting that they can all take care of themselves and I need to just do the things that are true for me. Um, and there's also a sense of missing out, like a touch mm-hmm. of, I don't, well, we know, what if? What if this is all great? And I'm, you know, at the start I was thinking, am I just um, scared? Do I have some sort of limiting belief? And I'm like, mm, no, this is, doesn't feel like that. This is different. This is like, this is not me doubting myself at all. Right. Well, the universe, you said, has been telling you to stop too. The universe has been yeah. fucking screaming at me. <laughs> it's not just like little. No, 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 no. Not just little drip, 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 drips. And have a think about this. And oh, maybe this. And oh, hey, nudge, nudge, nudge. No, 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 no. Whack, whack, whack on the head with a big book. No. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's been some decisions that I've, you know, had to face too. Um, so I get it. It's not easy when you when you feel the resistance, even though you know that's where you're being guided. Mm. So it's actually really so that's that's been great. And it's actually been very helpful because I edit these episodes, you know, sometimes weeks after we record them. Yeah. And it's very um, synchronous. It's just synchronistic. I, I, I'll be editing an episode and get exactly the message from either you or me in our conversation that I need right then. It's just superb. It's so wonderful. Yeah. And that's, been, that's happened a couple of times this week on a couple of different episodes I've been editing. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I'll listen back to just pieces of episodes, like the segments I know that, it would be interesting to see what we were talking about. Mm. Um, and it's the same thing. I always, uh, it lines up mm. with like, you know, what's going on with me at the time. So, yeah. Yeah. So I, I was, I was really, I'm, I was really looking forward to this conversation with you tonight because this is like my therapy, my weekly therapy session. I haven't had therapy for a few weeks. I'm freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hear you on that. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully we'll get some clarity for you and, and mm. prophecy speaks. So I think I'll stop hey, trying I'm... to drink the too sweet potion and just set it aside. So mine is difficult mixed with bittersweet. <laughs> <laughs> what the what flavor is difficult again? <laughs> yeah, I was trying to think about it. Um, <clears throat> I would have to say it must be like a coffee flavor because that was causing much of my. Okay, so difficult mixed with bittersweet. I think the difficult comes from figuring out what's causing these headaches I've been having. I think I brought it up in an episode before. Yep. Um, so they continued to get worse and they were happening so much. I didn't know what to do and I, I don't have. Currently, I do now, should this week sometime have insurance coverage, but I haven't had insurance for like a year just because, you know, I, I didn't have, personally have a job like as other than my business I was pursuing. And mm -hmm. um, because of personal life situations, I had lost my coverage and it's in the process. It took us this long to finally figure out how to get me back on it. I do so, not understand how medical stuff works in the States. <sighs> that just it's really boggles um, my brain that you like can't a side, go to a doctor whenever the hell you want to. It's terrible. And a, a, like a side note that's interesting too, is my cousin who he grew up here with me, he, but he moved to South Africa a few years ago. Hmm. And he was telling me how in South Africa, when you have a headache, cause I was talking to him about this stuff too. He said, you can go buy a medication for like a dollar, take it. And within like two minutes, your headache's gone. He said the medication they sell you in the United States is purposely made so that it's not going to completely work. So that you have to keep buying it and keep being sick. And this isn't the first time I've heard about pharmaceutical companies in America. Yeah, like I know that I'm, 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 I'm pretty much a tin hat brigade person, but it's, I just think that that is, is very true. There's a lot of truth in there. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's a whole like you guys have Netflix. You should watch. Yeah. Oh, gosh, I'll think of what it's called. I probably already oh. watched it. Uh, I w it was the. Uh, I can't. Cowspiracy. 
Oh, I haven't watched Cow that Sp- one, but I've watched some of the other documentaries okay. like that. You need to watch Cowspiracy okay. and the other one is called What the Health. And I think I might have seen What the Health. Oh, no, maybe. Okay. Anyway, both I've, watched the same cu- I've watched guy. a couple of other ones. Yeah, those two are uh, the second one. What the Health really calls out the pharmaceutical company. Yeah. Oh, it's um, it's a corrupt. Yeah. It's just it's so corrupt. It's the only. It's like the most, the most um, exploitative kind of. Just oh, it's just so, I can't say enough disgusting words about the farmer, the big farmer. They make so much money. They make the most money out of any industry in the like on the planet. There's no right. you know there's no way that they're going to do things that that decrease the need for people to have medicine. Right. They want to keep, uh, I mean, I won't try to get too, I can get in a rant on this, but they do want to keep. <laughs> this is our show. You can rant your ass, your ass <laughs> off if you like. Yeah. I get really passionate about this because I, I have my personal views about our government here and it's not one that I agree with them in any way, mm-hmm. but I do believe that they're trying to keep Americans sick and that's why they have so many fast food chains on like every corner and now there's yep. a Starbucks on every corner. Yep. And, you know, talking about that, it brings me back to like my headaches and yeah. the fact that coffee was kind of like my last, it's always been my addiction. Like we all have a horrible addiction in life, I believe. And that coffee was mine. Butter is mine. So, oh yeah. So trying to give up coffee for these headaches has been really hard, but I finally got to the point where I'm ready to do it and, yeah. you know, feeling some relief, but it was a lot more than that. It was. Uh, withdraws from taking Excedrin like I think I brought up on another episode yeah and I think it was also withdraws if you can call it that on a spiritual level for like really trying to like shut up the ego you can totally that's totally valid and and really move into this you know I don't know what you call it but like the spiritual journey like I realized my ego because as a child, I didn't talk for most of my childhood, especially mm. at school. I, I didn't utter a word. And so I think because of that, my ego mind got so strong and powerful because it was just going, going, going all the time. Mm-hmm. And I never like expressed any of it. Mm-hmm. Um, that now as I'm really trying to like set it aside and say, I'm good now, I don't need you anymore. Like it's, it's retaliating really, <laughs> really harshly. Yeah. So I think it's a bit of that too, but I feel like I'm finally kind of on the downhill now from all yeah. of this where healing is on the way, like true, complete healing. <laughs> I think um, that's a lifelong journey, maybe lifetimes long, but it's yeah. true. I think that there are cycles within that where we can feel that stuff moving and shedding and getting to the next yeah. place that you then launch yeah. off from to get to the next place. Yeah, I think for sure I'm on, at least with my headaches, I feel like those are going to be behind me for good. And that's been a big, um, it's kind of been your barometer of how things are going internally for you, at least since we started this show. Because you started this show and it, it was in the headaches was a thing. Yeah. You know, how long have we been doing this? It's 19, episode 19 we're recording now, so... You know, we started yeah, this last we, year. Yeah, I think it was in October last year. I think so. 
Um, but yeah, it is. A lot of it's in my head and it's just, uh, you know, letting, letting what needs to work through me work through me without trying to fight it, I guess. Because yeah. fighting it, I've found, has made it worse. Or trying to think myself through it isn't yeah. the answer. Like, it's, it's embracing the unknown, which Resistance is, is always going to make it worse. As I'm finding myself this week. Yeah. So that's that's really it. I mean, the other thing is just a quick side addition is that we did get a new puppy. <laughs> now, um, what, 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 where did that decision come from? <laughs> it was mostly Nathan. He's the one that mostly wanted because he, we have a little dog. He's the only man in the house. And he didn't like, you know, want to have a little dog to go out on walks and stuff being a man, man. no way really <laughs> Nathan. Yeah. he just well we had a, a golden retriever before this dog flower who's our mm -hmm. little dog and uh, she the golden retriever is the sweetest dog I, I did love her a lot um mm -hmm. she passed away a couple years ago so he wanted to get another big dog because it feels to him it just feels more like a dog I guess yeah because he's a big guy so yeah so now we have a chocolate lab puppy and oh, she's already when we yeah she's super cute and super sweet but the puppy phase for me is like it's just ooh. sometimes so, I find myself wanting to punch her because I'm like <laughs> why are you doing that so this is like the perfect so, time to get a puppy when you're dealing with you know headaches and shit I know nice work I know <laughs> There's been times too, I'm in the middle of just being on the couch and like, thankfully no one else is there, but I was just in so much pain. And then the two of them start to fight. Like my little dog, she's got the little dog syndrome where she's going rah, 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 at the other one. And the other one just kind of looks at her like, huh? And then she goes slap <laughs> with her paw. Like just stop. And then she'll try to the big one tries to pounce on and the flowers she's already getting older too she's like middle age so mm. she's got the grouchy old lady syndrome and the little dog syndrome well that's a combination <laughs> <laughs> so oh lordy experience all right the danger that we are having in this episode dear listener dear listener is that alicia and i haven't talked for like weeks and so i know this this could well off. be a three-hour episode sorry about that <laughs> it's okay i mean we're already done with polgaris cup so and 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 how so give me the chapter summary garion's view please all right so Again, you're going to have to bear with me on this because I read this chapter like four weeks ago. Oh, no! And, and <laughs> I, I thought I'd be good to just skim it over, but as I was skimming it before the show, I was like, I should have reread it. Yeah. Okay. It's not a very long chapter, so, so we'll struggle through. Yeah. Well, I realized, too, that it wasn't very eventful, which is why I think a lot of it I don't remember. Because it was kind of just one of those filler chapters. But okay. So they, they find a way out for Gary to get out of that little hidden tunnel he was trapped in in the last chapter. Yep. Um, and then there's like some fun like speculation on what the purpose of that tunnel was that I thought was kind of funny. 
Um, but the real beef of this chapter is that Garion gets his first invitation into these meetings that they always have because Aunt Pole now doesn't want to let him out of her sight because it's not safe. So he gets to sit in and hear everything they're talking about. So they, they go up to this like tower where they know they won't be or think they won't be overheard. And they kind of just go over their plans. Yep. And I think that's it. Right. That's pretty much the chapter. Yeah, you're right. So maybe this is a good chapter for us to just be like gas bagging away. Yeah, it works out. Okay, so I'll let you kind of like guide what happens. Well, hopefully my, hopefully my e-reader doesn't go flat because it's telling me that it's nearly out of battery. So when we come into the chapter... Um, they're all in the throne room looking up at the wall that Garion's voice is coming down from and Arneg's like, oh, you know, must, um, he, he can just sort of walk out and, um, you know, he just has to, you know, follow it back now that we know where he is and, and, um, Aunt Paul's like, yeah, well, you know, and walks straight into the arms of Ashrak and then they have this little conversation, this little very pointed conversation where Arnek says, well, he's not in the palace anymore. He's fleeing for his life. And Aunt Paul's like, yeah, well, he wasn't even supposed to be in the country. So I don't trust that. So am I remembering right that they um, they actually have Garion follow the passageway in the, the other direction, right? Like keep moving forward. So so Garion's at the end of a path. Well, if, see, it feels like when I picture it in my head, Garion's at the end of the passage at the crack in the wall that looks down over the throne room. Yeah. That's the picture I have in my head. And okay. so like, it's like a dead end. But I don't know that that's true. It could just be a part of the passage that he's stopped at because he saw yeah. it. And so... It's, it's where, where uh, Mr. Wolf tells him like he's on the, he's the brilliant idea. Yeah, it's like, so oh. funny the way that it happens though. Wolf's like, you know, oh, we'll just pass a couple of torches up. Mm-hmm. And you put one where you are and then you go back along the passage. And if you can still see the torch, you're walking in a straight line. <laughs> and, right, right. And that's where I guess I got the visual that, because I first too thought that was the dead end. But I then I started thinking maybe he's, like running along the wall of the great hall instead, you know? Yeah. So it was hard. Yeah. So every time I picture it, I'm like, well, he's at the dead end and he just has to put the torch there, turn around and walk back. And, and he'll know which way he's turning. But anyway. Yeah. So Silk gives, (laughs) Silk gives Belgaratha a hard time about his brilliant idea. (laughs) Right. What does he say? Where is it? Um, I don't know. Oh, here you go. Very clever. I wish I were 7,000 years old so I could solve problems so easily. (laughs) And Berger's like, oh, whatever. He he just lets it pass. He doesn't say anything. He was being a real smart ass again in this chapter. He's he's a total smart ass. (laughs) Barak's just like in favor of breaking a hole in the wall. Uh (laughs) And King Arctic's like, oh, oh, maybe... Maybe can we try this other way first? That that would be better. <laughs> yeah. So the 
they tell him that if it if it is straight, then he should end up in the royal apartments. Yeah. Um, so, which is where where this whole like discussion about what this passageway is really for comes about. Yeah, and the interesting and it's King Rhoda who sort of goes, oh, interesting, and gives them a bit of a bit of sass about the whole thing. And the reason that that is meaningful in the context of the, the story is that Rhoda, Dresnians are like the spies. They're, they're, well, their main trade is spycraft and the trade of information. So that's why he's so sort of plugged into that little aspect of it. Mm, yeah. <clears throat> and then it ends up coming out. In in King Arneg's grandmother's chamber or something, the bedchamber. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's where it was. And this is really. Hey, okay. I think it was his aunt. No, no, grandmother. And oh, okay. he he says, um, I just remember her as an old woman who walked with a cane. One of the others says, Yeah, well, we don't all start old, do we? So, <laughs> and I really I really like that. Because so often, I think we in our culture we look at old people, and we forget that they they're not yeah. old inside their heads, I and know. they just start old. My know? mom says that all the time. She's um, close to sixty, and uh, she always will say, "I don't feel like I'm six. I still feel like I'm twenty-five in my head." <laughs> yeah, you know. And it's true. Like, I don't feel 35. I still sometimes feel like I'm 18 in my head. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, so, it, it, that's the thing. We have this, this, I, it's this false notion that consciousness, that our consciousness or our soul equates with our body, our physical form. And that's just not so. You know, we are this spiritual thing that's animated for this for a short time in this particular place. And who knows how how ancient or or even pointless time is to, you know, that that larger spiritual aspect of us. Like mm-hmm. I know. I know. It's fascinating when you think you can just keep going down that rabbit hole. Oh yeah, that that's they're the conversations that that we love. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I actually really like that little, just that little part, and then mm, um, Garion comes out and sees sees a couple of um, soldiers coming up the path up the corridor and recognizes Torbeck the huntsman, and sees Torbeck and so feels confident enough to step out and goes with him. And then Garion gets back down to the throne room and he's like, well, he has a little conversation with Torvik on the way back to the throne room. Do you remember? Um, That's okay if you don't. I'll just keep talking. He has a a conversation with Torvik about, well, Aunt Paul's probably just going to be mad with me. And, you know, a little little voice that Torvik's little little man-to-man chat with Garen is like yeah well get used to that because that's just the way it is <laughs> that's just gonna happen more and more often <laughs> yeah yeah that was kind of like a wake-up call for me because I was I, I was like you know what I bet that's how I seem to my partner sometimes because I get to this point where it's like 
you know, come on. And, and you feel like you start nagging too much if you don't really like kind of check yourself. I think that's common though for women who, when we have young kids and you're kind of in that habit with the young ones to be like, let's go, let's go, let's go. And then you kind of accidentally project that onto your partner. <laughs> yeah. Where you're like, oops, sorry. Yeah, I, I mean, away. yeah, I don't know. See, this is interesting for me to think about because I have an ex-husband and I currently have a girlfriend mm-hmm. and it is different. Yeah, I'd and imagine so, it'd be a lot. And a lot. so I, I, but that's just, that speaks a lot about me and my, um, like sometimes I think that I, I'm not very respectful of men in general. <laughs> oh did I say that out loud but I but you know and I don't I don't and you know I've had to really I've thought about that a few times I'm like well is that because is that because I'm not actually bisexual as as I always thought that oh you know maybe I was Mm-hmm. And I just hadn't ever explored the fact that maybe I just prefer being with women and yeah. there's this whole kind of underlying psychology building up in my head about, you know, all of like all of that. Like it's really like I've thought about that before. I'm like, oh, I wonder if that's like, oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> it could be. I don't know if I'm going to cut that whole thing out of the podcast or not. <laughs> no. What do you think about that though? Like what I just said. I, no, I think that too, it can be the kind of men who are in your life, like who was your father figure. And then obviously the, the yeah. marriage that you were in, mm. like what kind of men were they? Yeah. Uh, oh, that's so true. Okay. Because that's so true. Yeah, I, do I kind of have like now. a mixture. Sorry, I'm talking over the top of you. That's okay. But I do know men now that I don't feel the least bit inclined to behave that way with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so it yeah. could just be to the type of a specific kind of man. Because I know there, I think for most women, there's a specific kind of man that like, really triggers that like, and I guess I guess it really doesn't have anything to do with men or women because there are specific types of women who really trigger that in me too so <laughs> I think just maybe people are people yeah yeah I, I think, think that's, that's it. I think that's that feels true there's certain types of people and if well, they fall is... into one type yeah then you know that's my trigger type right there yeah <laughs> Okay, well, this has been a very pointless and circuitous conversation. All right, off we go. <laughs> Where were we? Yes, yeah, so Garyan is just telling them a little bit about what happened to him, how he ended up there. Um, so they're like, "You're sure it was Ashrak who was just outside your room, right?" Um, Garyan mentions that you know I've I've known him for a long time, like all my life, and. Mm-hmm. This is where like King King Anig and Mr. Wolf kind of start planning like what's gonna happen. Because it just kind of jumps from Gary and saying this, like I knew him all my life, to King Anig wants to like talk to this Ashrak, not really, I think, knowing 
the extent of what he's saying there. Well, and also um, before we go any further, I'll point out that the Riven Water. So we get a little bit of a personal, like it's not much happening in this chapter, but we get little personal, very intimate insights into some of the characters. Aunt Paul's like, well, I told you to go to your room. Why didn't you stay there? And Garion's like, well, Asherak was in my room. Mm-hmm. And then the Riven Warder brand kind of chuckles and goes, yeah, well, if I found a Grolem priest in my room, I'd run away too. So we've got this yeah. little this little connection, and it, it it all feels like really intimate little connections. Like they're not these remo- monarchs who are removed from you know real life. All of a sudden, Garion's included in this really intimate little circle of stuff more than than before, more than more than the story previously. I think it sort of it feels like he's 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 been included by the people there now. Let's have a thing. Yeah. Then Arneg says he you know wants to talk to Ashrak. But as you say, Mr. Wolf's just like, mm, you're not going to find him. Don't worry about it. And changes the subject completely. You're right. It just switches. Like, that's not important anymore. That That's done. And it's like, it's like Belgrath has this big picture. Like, yep, yeah, whatever. That's just a minor irritation in the big scheme of things. Let's get on to the, this other stuff that we have to sort out. Yeah. So then that's, that's when they move into this, that I, I kind of had trouble following it, but. Okay. Still- so and some others they start talking about how to get the Grolems out of Cherik is that what it is well so what they what they say is set your set your warriors to searching for him if you're worried Arneg or if you want to look for him you're probably not going to find him but you know get him out there anyway and someone says oh you won't be popular um Rhoda says you won't be popular driving you know fat lazy warriors out in the winter time to search for someone and then Silk says, well, she's offer a reward, you know, uh, the, the weight of his head, you know, bring his head back, you know, you give people the, the weight of his head in gold. And then Arneg's like, oh, holy shit, that's, that's kind of a lot. I don't know, you know. Right. And Silk's so like, yeah, well, they won't find him anyway. So they'll just think you're wonderful and generous and they'll get some exercise. So, yeah. Sneaky yeah. Silk. Yeah. Um, I like that part. Yeah, that was the, the king tells him, like, you're devious. Yes. Devious man. He is. So you're starting to get a picture of Silk, of what he's like? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it goes on, because Silk isn't done. Like, he adds no. here that he, because the king says, would you come work for me? And so Arnick. he's like, I'm committed. Yeah, so Silk says, I'm committed to my uncle. I'd be interested to hear your offer, though. It might help in future negotiations. <laughs> yeah. And so that's where um, and they kind Por- of start joking with each other. Yeah, they're just surrounded Por- by trainers. Queen Porin laughs. And she's yeah. the one that he, he has that, like, connection with, right? So Queen Porin and King Rodar married. King Rodar is Silk's uncle. Silk's in love with Porin. Okay. So that's just a little, you know, family chuckle going on there. And then a warrior comes in and, and lets, uh, lets them know that it's done, it being Javik is now dead, uh, with no head, because he asks if he wants him to put it on a pole. But Arnex says no, because he was a kinsman, and so we just respectfully send the body and the head to the wife for a proper burial. So that's just sort of done. 
Oh, but this bit, this bit's a good bit. The bit with Queen Oslina. I don't remember this. Okay, so, <laughs> remind me. Okay, so Queen Oslina says, oh, this Asherak interests me. You know, she gets on her, I can just imagine her there with her very serious mystic face talking to Aunt Paul saying, you know, between the two of us, you know, might we not track down this Asherak and devise a way to locate him and, you know, magically. And Mr. Wolf kind of jumps in really quickly and says, oh, you know, thank you, Queen, you know, thank you, Aslina, for your generous offer. But Pogar would be in no danger. But were you to locate him, your mind would be totally open and would be blown out like a candle. And it would be a shame for the Queen <laughs> Eric to spend the rest of her life as a right. raving lunatic. And then, and then he sort of winks at Arneg. And Arneg's like, oh, well, I, can't, I could not allow my Queen to do that. And mm-hmm. and I and is like getting really pale and like oh fuck, and yeah, she's like, well yeah. you know if my if 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 my lord object, you know I'll withdraw my my offer and then Aunt Paul's there like what the fuck? <laughs> 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 well, let me just type explicit in my show notes. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Now the puppies are riled up because Nathan walked through. That's okay, honey. Don't worry Hopefully about it. they don't bark. <laughs> don't be a pest right now. <laughs> okay. So, yes, yeah, okay. so that was a funny little, um, that was a funny little moment. Yeah, that was funny. I remember that now. So, I don't remember anything that comes after that. <laughs> okay, so. So, <laughs> so Wolf, they move up to Wolf, the tower. Yeah, Wolf's like, okay, but, let's just get on with this. No more delays. And um, Arnick says, well, there is a tower and I did think of it before we started, but, and he pauses and looks at King Chohag. And if you remember, I don't know if you remember King Chohag um, can't walk properly. He, he's, yeah, he has problems walking and his um, son Heta helps him. And Chohag says, well, you know, don't worry about me. I can manage if I have to, let's just not rather than put us, in any more danger let's just go up to the tower and so they get up there and Chohag helps him up the stairs and it just takes a while and he's very patient I get the sense that Chohag's very patient right and then they get up to the chamber and um, um oh where is who oh that's right Dernick offers to stay with Garion and Aunt Paul's like no way no way Garion yeah. stays with me under my eye from now on, he's not leaving my sight. So, yeah, um, yeah, sorry, darling. I was going to say, understandably, she doesn't want to leave him behind, and that's to his luck, right? Because he finally stopped barking. It's fun. He finally, <laughs> he, he finally gets to um, go into the, you know, hear everything that's going on. So he's, I picked up that he was excited about it. I don't know. Might have just been me excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that you were excited about it. <laughs> Because from then, nothing is mentioned. Like, Garion is not his thought processes, his emotional state. It's not mentioned at all. Um, he's not mentioned yeah. at all again until the end of the chapter. Mm-hmm. And they get up to the room. The next thing that I think is interesting in this chapter is the mention of Belgarath's mention of his master and the fact yes. that he has a fondness for towers. Do you have anything to say about that? I was going to say the same thing. 
it, yeah, I, I was interested about learning. I didn't remember hearing before he had a master. You know, he seems like they call him, what do they call him? The elder. What is what is his nickname though? Uh, Belgarath's nickname? Wolf? And they call him the wise one or something like that? The ancient one. Oh, the ancient one. So I figured the ancient one would be so ancient, like he doesn't need a mentor, right? But no, he had a mentor. Yeah. So that was interesting. To find and, he, out. and he talks about it like from being a boy, like he had a master from being a boy and he's now thousands of years old. So they mention the name of his master, Aldur. Do you recognize that name? No. So he would have been mentioned in the prologue. So anyone reading along with us, you might want to go back to the prologue. Okay. And do you remember the full name of the orb? The orb of Aldor? <laughs> Is, uh -huh. it? Is it? Am I right? Yes, you are right. Okay. So Aldur is one of the gods. Okay. So his mentor is one of the gods. His master is a god. Okay. That's something. And I just was interested to know what your take on, on that mention was, but you didn't remember who he was anyway. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> okay. My so, memory is not good. Okay. Um, so they just, they just like, there's just a brief touch. But I thought it was interesting that it came up now and Mr. Wolf gets a bit, you know, um, lost in memory just for a minute. Shohag says, you know, I'd give my, I, I'd have given, I'll just read from the text. I'd give my life to have known Aldur, Shohag said softly. Was he really surrounded by light, as some say? He seemed quite ordinary to me, Mr. Wolf said. I lived with him for five years before I even knew who he was. And was he really as wise as we're told, Arnek asked. Probably wiser, Wolf said. I was a wild and errant boy when he found me, dying in a snowstorm outside his tower. It's a backstory you want to read more about, huh? Yeah, so, well, you know, if our podcast continues on, we will do Belgarath's story at some point. Yeah, I look forward to that. So, yeah, so they... they um start talking and wolf wolf sort of says what he'll do next you know back to kamar where he found the trail and he thinks it led down into arendia and arneg talks about sending warriors um with them and wolf just just says no look as our small party is the best way through warriors will just get in the way paul and i can take care of most of, of anything you know Grollum's magical that comes along and Dernick and Silk and Barak can deal with the more mundane stuff and it will just be easier you know than turning up in Arendia with an army at my back and then having to explain why we're invading mm -hmm. and so you know they just basically get on with it this is this is the way that we're going to proceed but they they do agree to take just a couple right yes couple so soldiers um, no, they don't take, no, they don't want any soldiers, but Belgarath does say, but I will ask that Hetar comes with us. And do you remember this part? Yeah, this was an interesting little throw in. Like I didn't, it's the first, I mean, I guess remembering meeting the Algar so briefly early on in the story. Yes. That we find out Hetar is a Shah Darim. Yes. 
and that means he can speak to horses or read their thoughts yes and that's only gifted to like one a um, couple in a generation or something yeah but they take it very seriously yeah and so uh, and then his his father this is the first time he's heard this right yeah and Heta responds like look gives gives Belgraf the eye like he doesn't want him to tell so did his dad already know no no oh, okay. he's totally surprised and Heta react you know sort of reacts as though he didn't want anyone to know about it and he agrees to go with them yeah and then Garen is talking to Silk about you know, why is that such an important thing to them? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So we get the little bit of back, we get the little bit of story about how important it is to, to the um, Algars and the, and the fact is that they really revere horses. And so being able to, you know, share thoughts with them is, is akin to royalty in their society. So it's a really big deal. Yeah. So he agrees to go with them. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it says I don't know if I'm skipping too far, but that's fine. They're also, they'll also be joined. Ah, yes. So, Belgareth talks about the two others that will join them. There'll be an Asturian, an Asturian Arend, and then a bit later a Mimbrate. And we'll find out more about them as the story goes on. I won't say too much here because it'll get too confusing. But Arneg sort of. Uh, says a bit cryptically and having those people with you will fulfill the prophecy Mm -hmm. who doesn't like a good prophecy (laughs) yeah um and wolf sort of gets a bit cheeky you know his eyes twinkle he goes yeah well i don't mind fulfilling prophecies as long as it doesn't inconvenience me too much yeah so i mean the rest of this was i mean to me i didn't i don't know what value was in each conversation here but no so i think i've picked out the things that were good for us to know about but then brand just the ribbon water brand just says you know is there anything we can do to help in the search and basically wolf says look just butt out we'll let you know what you need to know you may not understand what we're doing but you you know that's okay just trust us and don't get in the way again And, um, you know, basically Wolf's like, well, regardless of what we're doing, what we're searching for, the Angorax seem to be making moves, making moves towards there's something going on, something stirring them up. So be prepared. Um, we don't know what it will be. So be prepared. Right. So, you know, they're watching and waiting and basically, you know, Wolf's like, well, just don't start a war because that would be inconvenient. And the other thing that's important is then at the end, Wolf goes, you know how the whole way through they've, they've like taken great care not to name the thing that they're looking for or the person mm-hmm. who took it. Right. And so Wolf's like, I'm sure our thief is listening really hard. So at this certain date, I want all of the storytellers, all of the minstrels to start telling those old stories like, you know, wink, wink, nod, nod, you know, the, one I'm, the ones I'm talking about because then... It will be like deafening and at least they'll be able to have a conversation about stuff without him hearing them anyway because he won't be able to pinpoint them because they won't Mm -hmm. be the only ones talking about it. Yeah, that was interesting. That was interesting to me. The fact that you can, somebody can pick up 
over like across the world if they wanted to if someone's talking about them or what they're specifically talking about hmm. i mean that's magic <laughs> i didn't think about that when i was taught when i was trying to think of the magic oh well, there you go i didn't either <laughs> <laughs> Okay, talking about the magic, we're at the end of the chapter. So what's your magic? Um, honestly, I couldn't think of anything that good. So I went back to Stulk. <laughs> because I really enjoyed Stulk again in this chapter and the way he is kind of devious, like they say. Mm. Um, just He's really, really quick on his feet to think up of ways around things. Uh, like, hey, well, they may not want to go out and search in this cold winter, but if you offer them a reward, a reward that none of them will ever get, mm. you know, then mm. they'll go do it for you. Mm. So I just thought, because I'm not that person. So I always admire people who <laughs> that way. Seems like magic to you. <laughs> yeah. Mm, yeah. Okay. Well, I was like, I was like, I sat there like, there's no magic in this chapter. But of course there was because we just, you know, we're talking about it. I so I chose Belgareth's long life because it was mentioned in the text. And that's a bit magical. Yeah, that and then his mentor too. Yeah, of course. Of like, there's so much magic. It's like, how did I not see all of this magic? <laughs> Yeah, the mention of him having a mentor kind of just adds to the length of his life, I think. Mm -hmm. He was mentored by a god. That's so, yeah, like, yeah, like that isn't magical. (laughs) Holy shit. How magical are our lives that we just totally gloss over all of this (laughs) stuff? Like, oh, yes, it's normal. Yeah, (laughs) that's what what it was. We'll go with that. (laughs) Okay personal insight a bit of real life relating darling what's yours yeah uh i had a hard time with this so i chose the fact that it's real life for me because lord of the rings is a big part of my real life and <laughs> the fact that they were they gathered your mentors my... <laughs> yeah <laughs> the characters are my mentors um the fact that the group of them are all gathered in this big tower together mm-hmm. <clears throat> talking about and and Belgrath really had kind of like a Gandalf vibe for me in this chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, it just reminded me a lot of like the scene Lord of the Rings where they're all gathered at Rivendell talking about the mm-hmm. ring and just before they're going to embark on. Okay, well, well have, you, have you ever had that in your real life with aunts and, you know, those sort of yeah, gatherings? Yeah. Those wise gatherings or consulting, like, you know, having those family meetings where big, important things were getting spoken about. I wouldn't say meetings, but we've had big family gatherings just for like my grandma's birthday or just trying to get all of the family together again because it's so big. Mm. Uh, And it is, though, my family is very like the ones that if you get them with enough drinks in them, they suddenly become very like wise and insightful. <laughs> Even the ones that are like my age or maybe just a little older than me. Yeah. We grew up as kids kids together, you know, like sometimes they'll just get on this like really kind of dreamlike um I don't know, visualizations that they're kind of just spitting out. 
Like, what? Oh, there you go. That's totally real life. Yeah. Yeah. So that's definitely, I mean, that's my family. Yeah. We're all all a little kooky. I like kooky. It's fun, though. Okay. Mine was being relieved when um, Queen Selena was like so relieved to have an out from a situation that she really didn't realize how dangerous, you know, it was. And she was kind of, so I've, I've, you know, many times I tend to like jump in with my whole body, not just my feet. I jump in with my whole body into a situation and then I get really excited and I'm like, yes, 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 this is shiny and new and exciting and what's going to happen now? And then it happens and I'm like, oh, oh, not so shiny. Oh, <laughs> not, not quite as exciting as, oh, oh, oh. Right. And then there have been occasions when someone has kind of just given me a grace, a graceful out and I've just gone, Phew gone <laughs> <laughs> that almost sounds similar to like what you're hoping for with this current situation. I, I actually was thinking that when I write I, I um I wrote that and then I sat sat down I'm well how, what am I going to talk about with that and I went oh oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it does almost yeah, sound exactly like that doesn't it yeah it does Shit. So now, on to Prophecy Speaks, I'll let you go first. So I don't want to. What you get? I've been waiting. I'll go. I'm just no no no. I'm just looking for a book. I think I want I want women who run with the wolves. Where is it? Oh, shit 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 shit. Do I even need to ask a question? Well, you can just say you know from what I we were discussing even... at the beginning. Yeah, I don't even want to say it out loud. Oh. I mean, you don't have to say the specifics of it we already have a good idea because you were talking about it earlier so we can just go with that and just say i'm looking for guidance on that how do i move through this graciously gracefully and authentically yep i think that's a good question in this part of the tale Vasilisa has asked Baba Yaga for fire and the Yaga agrees, but only if Vasilisa will do some household chores for her in exchange. The psychic tasks of this time of learning are these. Staying with the hag, acclimating to the great wildish powers of the feminine psyche, coming to recognize her, your power, and the powers of inner purifications, unsoiling, sorting, nourishing, building energy and ideas, washing the yaga's clothing, cooking for her, cleaning her house and sorting out the elements. Not so long ago, women were deeply involved in the rhythms of life and death, 
They inhaled the pungent odour of iron from the fresh blood of childbirth. They washed the cooling bodies of the dead as well. The psyches of modern women, especially those from industrial and technological cultures, are often deprived of these close-up and hands-on blessed and basic experiences. But there is a way for the novice to fully participate in the sensitive aspects of the life and death cycles. I know it's a cycle. I know I've been through the birth and I know that this is the death. Acclimating to the great wildish powers of the feminine psyche. That's the part that jumped out at me too. It's so funny. Um, yeah, I mean, to... I, I heard it. I heard it as one way, but I don't know if you're done. I don't want to jump in until you're done interpreting. It. Well, I just think that I need to, that I need to stay with it, with me, and not run away from getting my hands dirty. Getting your hands dirty in what way? Real in the real experience of what my experience is. Not trying to make it pretty, not trying to make it anything else other than what it is. Mm -hmm. Allowing it to be and responding to it. Right. From a point of power mm -hmm. and authenticity, like real. What are you picking right. up? That's, that's what I was getting to is that if you can approach this and, you know, talk to them too, from a place of power and authenticity, like there's no way to go wrong. Like it's easy to feel that they're going to be hurt or upset in some way, but maybe they won't be, you know, and definitely, yeah, definitely. If you are being like authentic as you're, you know, letting them know they're going to feel that and they're going to be like, we can't make you do something you, you don't really want to do, you know? No, so, true. yeah. So I think that was quite applicable. Yeah. I can work with that. That's good. It was really good. Okay. So, <clears throat> um, this week I am using this book because it came up for me. I read this book a few years ago, but it came up for me recently, like a few days ago. And another book I was reading, and this book and person referenced to this book, or this author anyways. It's like, oh my gosh, I have that book. I should totally go open it up again. It's called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself, How to Lose Your Mind and Create a New One. <laughs> it's like, it's all about basically, you know, everything I've been going through. So it's really about like how to quiet the ego and operate from, you know, your, your body and your spirit and all of that. But it's really a scientific approach. So I, this week, like, I'm not even sure <laughs> so much has happened. I think though, specifically, I'm still really looking for guidance on like, what, what am I supposed to do? Is there anything I'm supposed to do to like, really let these headaches go? Or is it something I just need to wait out? Because I don't, I don't know if there's anything I'm doing. Um, so we'll see here. Okay, so I opened up to like a little subsection that's titled "Awareness." <laughs> <laughs> this is funny. Uh, 
I just realized this myself this morning. Awareness, not analysis, permits entry to the subconscious. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just the, the title of this section. Do we go further? <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. This is, it says, the expression paralysis by analysis is an apt one here. That's what is happening to us when we live most of our lives in that beta range. So mm -hmm. he's talking about like the different levels you can go into and beta is like the surface mm -hmm. level, right? Yeah. When you're still pretty much aware and awake. So the only time we aren't there is when we're sleeping. Now you might be thinking, but you said that we needed to be aware. We need to become familiar with our thoughts, feelings, patterns of responses, and so forth. Doesn't that require analysis? Actually, awareness can exist outside of analysis. When you are aware, you may think, I'm feeling angry. When you are analyzing, you go beyond that simple observations ad. Why is this page taking so long to load? Who designed this stupid website? Why is it that whenever I'm in a hurry, like now when I'm trying to get into a movie listing, the internet connection is so slow. Awareness, as I mean it to be practiced here, is simply noting a thought or feeling and moving on. Okay, well that's a nice practice of mindfulness that you can maybe flow into. Yeah, so yeah, and this is what I, it's funny because I, just like my intuition kind of popped this into me earlier today of like maybe it's just the fact that like you keep focusing so much on what's causing these headaches that they are still like hanging on mm -hmm. you know like the analysis of it <laughs> um, so analyzing like just be aware like okay it's happening but know that it's on its way to healing and just I think I said this earlier just let it go at that Mm -hmm. stop trying to figure out what am I doing wrong like I had there's something I have to be doing why do these keep coming because you're feeding it energy when you do that yeah so that was perfect <laughs> <laughs> of course it was perfect they're always perfect yeah <sighs> um, all right so prediction week let's see chapter 20 <laughs> I was really vague on this because I was just I have no well, idea. hang on let's just check what you said last week last what last week last episode oh that's right they will leave Cherik and adventure to their next destination to continue the hunt for of the one in possession of the thing thereafter no that was wrong they hadn't okay. left yet. So, so this time I'm saying the same, that they will leave Cherik to face the dangers on the road. Well, I'll tell you what, one of these, one of these times you're going to be I'm right. Just, I'm just going to keep saying that. Until <laughs> <I'm talking>. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Hashtags. Oh, shit, I haven't thought of anything. <laughs> I did not either. Uh... uh Hashtag, hashtag, hashtag. Oh. Awareness, not analysis. Mm. That's mine. 
if you think of something better for sure awareness not analysis or i can't think too much of anything from the chapter at this point i i have to apologize because i was not tuned into this chapter at all oh something about Aslina being her mind being blown out like a candle blown out like a candle <laughs> there we go there it is blown out like a candle okay my darlings so if you would like to hit us up on social media and oh my god we had our first like someone tagged us with our hashtag for the first time i was very excited hopefully yeah, it's happened more by now but that was very cool i got very excited about that so if you would like to talk to us on social media use the hashtag for this episode blown out like a candle and you can find us on facebook and um, instagram at belgariad and beyond and on twitter at beyond belgariad and all of those uh, handles you can find at our website belgariadandbeyond.goddesskindled.com it's where you'll find the show notes and you know all of the things about the show are in that central place so you'll find all the things to click on there and you you can subscribe to our mailing list which is very cool and then you'll get an, an email in your inbox every week with the show notes and um you know all of these clickable links and you can talk to us yeah. on any yeah. of these places and also on itunes you can leave a rating or review for our show yes no i don't know have we had any i haven't checked oh, have I haven't, to physically I haven't go checked. in and check check and, and I think anything, it's but... like different for different countries as well mm -hmm. and did you know that you can leave a review for every episode if you want to yeah i remember you said that before and i was i didn't know that and i'm like what the heck yeah i need to get on that for other podcasts so get on to that darlings if you really like this show let us know that you love us yeah that would be awesome that would be very cool but that's it I feel like this episode has been really boring and we've been blathering on. Hopefully it's not true. <laughs> I know. I apologize because I got distracted a few times this episode. Well, you um, know, we've got to get our momentum back, Chicky. Family walking in, dogs barking, you know. <laughs> All right. Anyway, I'll see you next week. Bye, guys. There'll be a time when people will see all of my dreadful hairdos. No, <laughs> they don't look dreadful. I would, you know what? I had what? a dream. What? That I cut my hair. I've had it this short before, but I cut it like here. Oh yeah. Stuff on my shoulders, and I I tried to color it blue, but only like my roots turned blue, and the rest was still like this brownish purple. <laughs> So I had this like crazy kind of cool 
like dark rainbow going on. Okay. And ever since I've had that dream, I've been really wanting to cut my hair. Really? Do you think you will? I don't know. It's starting to bug me a lot. I do this. I'll grow it long and then it really bugs. It's so thick. It bugs me. And then I chop it and then I'm like, God, it's so impossible to do when it's short. (laughs) Thick and it doesn't cooperate. Yeah. So I always just let it hang. I don't know. I might. (laughs) One day you might just see me with short hair. Short purple hair. Nice. Yeah. So purple and blue, was it? At the crown, just at the roots? Blue and then purple. Blue. Uh-huh. I don't know if I would color it like that on my own, if I can pay someone else to, maybe. So this was a night dream you had? Yeah. <laughs> that could be to do with your headaches. The dreams? Oh, my hair? Yeah. I was thinking that too. It might just feel lighter. My hair is really thick. I don't no, no, like no. I wasn't talking about physically. I was talking about the dream representing something to do with your Maybe. releasing or bands of. I didn't even think about that. Maybe your third eye is opening. Maybe. I've noticed too, too since I stopped drinking wine, um, my dreams don't bother me like they used to. You were getting quite scared of some of them. Yeah, they were really bothering me. Yeah. So it's been nice to have either I don't remember what I dreamt about at all, which is the best. Mm. Or most of the time it's like I had dream, like the hair thing. It's like, oh, but that's just a, it's just a dream. You know, it's not like all this, like, God, what is this deep meaning shit? Like people from my past that I don't want to be tied to and then this dream just completely ties me back to them and but it's all about aspects of you not necessarily not about them not necessarily about them it's about what they represent about you yeah I know but that's that's what it was it was just kind of like why why do I have this need and I can't just let it go like why do I have to still be tied to them they yeah. aren't good I want them to be gone mm. yeah Yeah, so they've been getting better. Good. Oh, I better stop recording.